Welcome into NSN Daily. I'm Kirsten Moran, joined alongside Chris Murray, directing behind the scenes as Jenna Holland. And we start the show off on a high note with Nevada football's newest recruit, second local edition coming from Douglas High, defensive star Chris Smalley. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us this morning. No problem. Thanks for having me. Of course, Chris, you received offers from San Diego State. Fresno State, Air Force, Army, and Yale. So what was it about Nevada that set that school apart from the rest? Um, well, I took well, I took a visit uh, this last weekend. And I so on Friday, they kind of showed us like the football facilities. I was like, okay, like I kind of want to come to this school. Like it was like, I was super intrigued by it. And then Saturday, they showed us like the academic stuff and um, the dorms we'd be staying in and then, like, we sat down and talked to the coach Norvell, and, like, it was a really awesome talk to the coach Norvell, and, like, I was, like, ready to commit right there, sitting on the couch with coach Norvell, but then I wanted to talk to my mom and, like, see what she thought about it and stuff and tell, like, because my brother and sister, my brother, sister, and my mom were there with me, too, so I was, like, going to talk to them because we had, like, free time after that, and then, um, yeah, I was, like, after that talk, I knew I wanted to come in Nevada because I couldn't really see myself going anywhere else, and, like, it's close to home, so everyone can come see my games if they wanted to, and, um, it was kind of important for me because uh, my grandparents, uh, so my dad's mom and dad, um, and as you guys know, he passed away. And it's like super important for me that they can come see the games because they were super excited about it. What was the reaction to Coach Norvell when you let him know that you were going to come play for the Wolfpack? Oh, it was awesome. We were at the we were at the dinner at La Estrada. It was kind of towards the end. And um, I told Coach Norvell and, every, and all the coaches were there and they started cheering and stuff. And Coach Norvell was super excited and everyone was super excited. And we took pictures and stuff. It was awesome. It was so cool. So cool. Chris, your dad played um, football as well, um, having played yeah. at UCLA. So was there any desire to want to try to go to that school? Uh, yeah, there for sure was. Um, that was kind of like my dream school coming up. And then um, like just recently, like I've been in contact with them. And then um, I went to a camp. And then we talked a little bit, but then they kind of just like faded out. And then um, I took the visit to Nevada and it was like, I cannot see myself going anywhere else. Your dad also played with the Jaguars, NFL Europe, played in the Rose Bowl. Uh, he unfortunately passed away a few months ago. How big of an impact did he have on you in terms of your football career and your love of this sport? Oh, it was basically the like my biggest impact easily because um, so like my freshman year, I was I was pretty I still am pretty skinny, but um uh so I was super skinny my freshman year and I got moved up to varsity he's like okay dude like we got to start working out and so I started working out with him five days a week and I put on 20 pounds and then like just kept working out with him it was kind of like our goal for me to like play college football because that was my goal and he like was super helpful in achieving like helping me achieve it like you go out like the hottest days during the summer and help me train and stuff and um like he'd sit down and watch film with me and tell me like oh during this play they're probably gonna do this and this and this so he's had a he, tremendous impact on like my football career and stuff. Huge, huge. Looking so. back at your time with your dad and all of your memories, what has been your favorite one? Um, just kind of the hot summer days during quarantine and like just working out in the garage and it'd be me and like two of my friends and he'd just be sitting out there talking to us while we're working out. He's giving us our workout. And um, every time he'd be like, every time after we, uh, lifted he'd be like are you guys hungry and we're like yeah but like we honestly knew he was the one hungry so we'd go out <laughs> and eat with it so he'd take us out to eat and stuff and so yeah for sure just the workouts during quarantine and stuff so yeah in northern nevada this 2022 class is, is really loaded you're the third uh you know guy to commit uh, ashton hayes from mcqueen going to nebraska siopi vatikana uh from bishop Minogo going to cal uh, 
opted to stay home. So what's been the reaction of Wolfpack fans and locals about, uh, you know, keeping one of our blue chips here in silver and blue? Oh, it's been a tr- like awesome. So everyone's super excited. Like I posted on Twitter and all like the Nevada people are commenting on it. Congratulations. Super excited to come watch you and stuff. And all my family and friends, like I went to a barbecue last night and um, they're like, we cannot wait to come to watch like a lot of your games and stuff. And like, we're super stoked for you. And a lot of people are saying they're going to come to the games and stuff. And um, even my math teacher in my high school was super excited. He got season. He's going to renew his season tickets. He said, so it's, it's so awesome. So awesome. You're going into your senior year and coach Montefiletto just announced that he was retiring um, not too yeah. long ago. So what are you looking this season to achieve with, with the new coach coming in? Um, so, so the new coach, it was the freshman head coach and I played for him my freshman year and I absolutely love him. Like he's one of my favorite coaches. And so, um, I'm hoping to achieve like a state or a championship if we can. So that's like always the goal. Um, so like during, we have, so we started summer practice like two weeks ago. And, um, so we're just out there grinding with the team and stuff. And so the goal would be the championship, but, um, really the goal for like this kind of senior year, like once I committed to Nevada, like a bunch of stress, like kind of fell off me. So I can just have fun and play football and not worry about getting like this offer, this offer, where I'm going to go and not worry about if I get hurt or something. So, yeah. You're looking at your frame. You said you're still pretty skinny. You're listed at 65190. Not sure of the accuracy of those numbers. They kind of list you as an athlete as well. I mean, what what do you anticipate position-wise at Nevada outside linebacker, growing to a def- defensive end? Uh, what's kind of the vision that they painted for you? Yeah, so I talked to Coach uh, Ward. He's the defensive coordinator, and he said um, that he's not sure if I'm going to play outside linebacker or defensive end. It just kind of depends on, like, how much weight I put on and um, what I de- like, what kind of player I develop into. So he's not really sure either, but they're going to for sure put me on the defensive side of the ball on uh, defensive end or outside linebacker. Looking at all of the players that Nevada has uh, defensively Mm -hmm. that could potentially be drafted next year, um, who do you look up to from an outsider's perspective looking in? Um, For sure, Cole Turner, the tight end, because uh, on my recruiting trip, he he wasn't my player host. My player host was Drew Scalari, and I just played against him like five months ago. And (laughs) Drew Scalari is awesome. Like, he's so cool. And then um, Cole Turner was there, too, and I talked with him a lot. And he's, like, super cool. Like, one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my life. And um, I don't don't know if Reagan Roberson's um, projected to go in the NFL, but um, when I was – he went to the same high school I did, uh, Douglas High School. And uh, I was the water boy when he was on varsity and stuff. And my dad was the coach. So me and my brother were out there doing the summer days, giving him water and stuff. And so uh, Reagan, I look up to Reagan and Cole Turner for sure a lot. Take us through an official visit. I mean, uh, I wasn't a D1 athlete, so I didn't get to experience what that's like. <laughs> kind of wine and dine you and, and try and get you to give that commitment that you gave. Okay. Um, so they, um, they sent a car service to pick me, my brother, and my mom up. And we live about 50 minutes south of Reno. So um, they picked us up, took us to the hotel. And before they kind of asked me like what my favorite snacks were and like what my favorite drinks were and stuff. And um, I was just like, okay, that's kind of a weird question. But as soon as we got, <laughs> um, so I, I got my own room. My mom got her own room and Cole and my sister had to share their room. But as soon as we walked into our room, they had like the biggest tub full, like all my favorite snacks and stuff. Like I said, like Miss Vicky salt and vinegar chips. They got me like a fun size bag of that. I said, like cream soda. They got me like five bottles of that. They got me Gatorade candy, like so much stuff. And then, um, so we kind of hung out there for a little bit. And then uh, the, uh, like a bus picked us up to go to like the campus. And we went into the team meeting room. 
and they showed us a video of like kind of like a hype video like for you and our and stuff and then we got coach introductions and stuff and then the player host introductions and then um we kind of just walked around campus uh or like the football facilities really that first day and then we went into the weight room and they fed us chicken parmesan pasta and it was i mean i gained so much weight just from like eating so much that trip but um so we were all in the weight room and the weight um the weight room guy uh like showed us like the eight week progress, the eight week progress is insane. So he really knows what he's doing. Like the eight week progress they got is probably what I could get in like in a year without like that help. So like, it was crazy. And his name's Jordan, uh, Jordan Simmons. And he really knows what he's doing over there. And um, so then I, he took us to the locker room and we got to try on the uniforms and take pictures and stuff. And it was so much fun. And then um, we kind of had free time at the hotel for about an hour. So they took us back to the hotel. And then we went up to this place in Tahoe. It's like, it's like a golf. It's not, I don't know if it's a golf resort, but it's like a resort with like a pool and a hot tub and it overlooks Lake Tahoe and Incline Village. And um, they fed us like tri-tip uh, <laughs> chicken, like kibasa stuff. And like, oh my gosh, so much food, garlic bread. And so we were all just kind of sitting down there and Coach Norvell sat with me and my family and we talked for, for a long time. And then um, after that, they took us back to the hotel and we kind of had free time with our host. And I was with Drew and we went to the carnival because the rodeo was in town. So we went to the carnival and that was just so much fun. And then, um, so we went back to the hotel. I went to sleep and the next day they fed us breakfast, like eggs, bacon, sausage, French toast, everything. And then we took a look at the academic buildings and like just the, pretty much the whole campus and where I would be living at my freshman year. It's called the Union. It's like unmatched how nice the apartments are over there. So nice. And um, that, and then after that's when I talked to Coach Ward, and then I talked to Coach Norvell, and that was when I knew I was going to commit. Oh, sorry, I didn't know my fingers covering it. But um, uh, that's when I talked to Coach Norvell and stuff. And then we went back to the hotel and had free time. I'm like, Mom, like this is for sure where I want to go. And she's like, You don't have a doubt in your mind. I said, Not one. And she's like, Okay, that's so. I'm super excited for you. And she fully supported it. So I was super happy about that. And then we went to this dinner place called La Estrada at the El Dorado. That's where we were staying at, and it was super nice like fed a steak salmon chicken like pasta ravioli like so much stuff and it was awesome <laughs> so cool chris um i think that the football team is convincing you guys by food <laughs> oh yeah that's, that's what my mom was saying they found the fastest way to my heart just give us food so yeah and if other recruits don't get this they're gonna be real upset that yeah. you are getting the oh i know yeah I, I maybe shouldn't have said stuff but yeah <laughs> it was awesome what was you had multiple conversations with coach Norvell what was something that he said, mm -hmm. said to you that stuck out um well the very first time I talked to him so it was about a year ago um so when my dad plays in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin he actually coached against him coach Norvell coached against him and so me the first time I talked to coach Norvell we talked for about 25 minutes and he's like um and by the way do you have any relation to Rod Smalley I'm like yeah that's my dad why he's like no way like I coached against him in the Rose Bowl with Wisconsin, again, um, I was coaching for Wisconsin. He's playing for UCLA. I'm like, that's like so cool. He's like, oh yeah, is he around so I can talk to him? And I was like, yeah. So then uh, they literally talked for like way longer than we did, like an hour just about the game and stuff. Cause they got UCLA and Wisconsin got into like a huge like football fight and stuff. So they were just talking about that and how fun it was and stuff. And then um, the conversation uh, when we were at the recruiting trip uh, was like phenomenal. We talked for about 45 minutes to an hour and it was just awesome. So cool. Well, Chris, we can feel your excitement. We're excited for you. And um, thank you so much for just taking the time to sit down and talk with us. And we're excited to see what you do in your senior season, but also what you do with the Wolfpack. 
Thank you so much. Of course. Stick with us on NSN Daily. We'll have much more after the break. This segment is sponsored by... Welcome back into NSN Daily. We are now joined with Alex Margulies as he is on a new adventure on the loneliest road of America. Alex, tell us a little bit about what you're doing today. Yeah, so we've got a new uh, series that's coming out. Uh, This content will air in August and September, but it's with Travel Nevada and discoveryournevada.com. And really, it's kind of going out and exploring some of these great road trips in the state of Nevada. And you mentioned it, this one is the loneliest road in America, which is US 50 which stretches from Carson City all the way east uh, of here. We're in Ely right now uh, at the East Ely uh, Railroad uh, Depot Museum. Really fascinating place, actually. We'll tell you about more about that in a second. But uh, US 50 extends just a little bit further past here, out towards Great Basin National Park. We're heading there today to do some hiking and kind of wrap up our trip. But we've hit uh, some of the small towns in Nevada, like Austin. We've hit Eureka. Uh, now Ely. So it's been a really fun trip getting out and exploring some places in Nevada that I haven't seen, uh, even though I've spent more than 20 years of my life here. It's been really cool to kind of experience a different side uh, to the uh, Silver State. So those segments are coming August, September, like you said, but you did just film a couple of weeks ago for Exploring Our Backyard. And your latest visit was to Cave Rock, the Cave Rock hike, which you did for the first time last year. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that hike before we see your package. Yeah, Cave Rock is so cool. Uh, for those of you who aren't exactly sure what that is, basically it's the tunnel uh, that you drive through when you go from North Lake Tahoe to South Lake Tahoe or vice versa along the East Shore. And it's it's really kind of an iconic part of that drive of Lake Tahoe. And as you mentioned, I had never done it until last year. I'd always driven through it, didn't really know that there was actually a hike. Uh, and then I don't really even know how I found it, uh, but I did discover that and got to experience it for the first time. And it has become... Uh, one of my go-tos, you know, I have friends coming to town. I got to take them up to Cave Rock and give them this vantage point of Lake Tahoe. It, it probably is the best, most picturesque view of the lake. Uh, it's not maybe for the people that are a little queasy when it comes to, to, uh, to heights, but I think everyone should get up there and try it. And uh, I had a lot of fun out on the trail, even made some new friends. Let's check it out. You can't come all the way here and not go to the top, I'm telling you. This is one of the coolest views you'll ever see. It is so pretty. I'm not letting you guys come all this way. You'll fall. I'll take you guys with me. I'll show you the way. Are you going to watch? You got to do it. So let's get, if you're a little afraid of heights, just it'll be okay. But it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bad walk. You have to do it. Trust okay. me. All right. Good. All right. Go let's do it. Crazy thing is, I've lived here almost my entire life, and I didn't discover this hike until last year. And I can't believe it. It's just I now I come here all the time. It's so pretty. Yeah. There you go. Look at that. Isn't that spectacular? All right, we're not quite at the top. A little further. A little further. This right here is what it's all about. 
so cool. All right. Was it worth it? It was yeah, worth it. Was it worth it? it? Yeah. Thank you. How good is this? A gorgeous view. As soon as I saw Alex, your package, I instantly showed my fiance and was like, okay, this is where we're going next. Potentially 4th of July. I think this would have the most scenic view to watch fireworks over Tahoe, but other uh, hikes that we can see later on that you've had been in, like, is there any other view that's that breathtaking in Tahoe that you found? You know, I don't think you can. I mean, obviously, when you're driving into Tahoe, the lookout over Incline Village in North Lake Tahoe, when you're coming over Mount Rose Highway, that, that's the easiest place to get just an unreal view of Tahoe. And that, I think, is, is a kind of a must. If you're visiting for Tahoe for the first time, you're taking somebody from out of town, you've got to see the lookout from the North Shore, looking out over Incline Village and then looking south. Um, Cave Rock, I, I don't know if you can beat that. Now, I have actually been driving around the lake and I've been on the West shore and there's this big kind of cliff rock perch near Rubicon Bay, kind of near DL Bliss State Park and Homewood. I had never actually really noticed until the last time I drove down there about a week and a half ago. So that's next on my list. I need to go check that out and vet out that hike and see uh, what the viewpoint is from there. It could be equally as good as Cave Rock, but I don't know because Cave Rock, the way it's positioned, it's right there on top of the lake, jetting out over the water you stand on top of the cliff's edge and I'm not even sure the video can really do it justice, but when you're up there and you look down and you just kind of see the sheer drop, uh, it, it can't, you can't help but kind of have your, uh, you know, kind of skin stand up a little bit and your hands, hair stand up. So um, it's, it's for me has become an iconic kind of uh, Lake Tahoe hike. If you're looking for tips when it comes to parking, it's a little difficult. So what you need to do is, is type, type in cave rock trailhead into like Google maps or Apple maps or something. It'll take you up Cave Rock Road, which is right across the street from the Cave Rock boat launch. Now, there really isn't like a set parking lot for this. And that's going to be kind of a challenge, especially you're talking about going on a busier weekend. You kind of have to get lucky with parking. There's a few spots kind of along the road. Now, if you can't get that and you're willing to work a little bit more, you could park down at the Cave Rock boat launch, you know, pay the fee down there and then make your way across the street and up the hill. It's going to add probably another 20 or 30 minutes to your walk. Maybe not quite that long, but if you're determined to get to Cave Rock and get that lookout, that would be kind of a secondary option uh, when it comes to parking. So Alex, tell us the story about uh, meeting those hikers on the trail. And, it, you know, that wasn't pre-planned. It seemed like you just caught them coming down and you said, you guys are going to the top with me. Yeah, that was really fun. Uh, the, the two ladies, they were from Boise visiting Tahoe for the first time. Uh, they really didn't know what they were doing. You know, we were walking up and it was funny. We were walking um, with Anthony Resnick, Rez and, and Brian Culp. We were there filming that day and I was like hey just start rolling the camera I think this is going to be good and and uh as you saw I, I had to uh kind of force them to go to the top with me um but it was really cool I mean I love giving people that kind of experience and it was fun to capture it and, and to kind of get their reaction and, and you know maybe push them through their comfort zone a little bit they were a little nervous uh you know this is a hike that doesn't exactly have a marked trail you know this isn't like okay you go up here and so they thought okay we made it to cave rock they didn't realize that you were supposed to go all the way to the top um, so go to the top if you're there. And, and I think it is something that is doable for everybody. I actually had, um, one of my best friends visiting last week and his, uh, pregnant wife who was eight months, um, pregnant and she made it to the top and we were able to get through there. No problem. So I feel like it's something everyone can do. And as long as you just kind of take it slow and take it carefully, again, there's no really one way to get through there, but, 
um, you'll see when you get there, it's pretty marked out enough that you, you can kind of figure out uh, the best path to the top. And, and I just think it is just an unbelievable uh, showcase of Lake Tahoe. And again, it's become one of my absolute favorite kind of go-to spots. Alex, I think you could be a travel guide and help really give encouragement. I remember just learning how to ski and I didn't want to go on the, the blue diamond and you were like, you better go on it. If you don't go on it. And I remember I was like, I have to do it because Alex said to, and sure enough, I, I went on it, but switching gears back to the trip that you're on right now, you just did this burger challenge that was intense. Tell people about it. I, I think I'm still sweating out some of that burger, to be honest with you. Uh, we were at Middlegate Station, which uh, is just this tiny little outpost, uh, basically outside of Fallon, uh, go between Fallon and Austin. Uh, and it is literally a restaurant and bar, a little motel, and then a tiny community of like literally 20 people. It's one family. And I think like a couple other people that live out there. And uh, they have this uh, really cool burger challenge. The bar itself is cool. You got to stop in there and just grab a drink or grab lunch. People love their burgers to begin with, but they have this monster burger challenge. And those of you who know me, I, you know, I, I rarely will back down from a challenge, even if it's stupid. Uh, so I did do the monster burger challenge, which I believe it was like a pound and a half of meat. Uh, the bun was probably at least a pound. And then there was like a pound of fries. In total, it was a four pound deal. Uh, there was no time limit. And um, my prize for winning was a t-shirt, which I'm very proud of. Uh, but that was a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Like it, uh, it took a lot for me to power through that thing. Um, you know, there's a, maybe a few strategy points we can discuss later as we go into that piece, but I am um, very proud that I not only finished the burger, but I also did not throw up afterwards, period. So I am uh, very impressed that I was able to accomplish both of those things and definitely a memorable part uh, of this uh, travel experience this week in Nevada. Looks like you also hit uh, Spencer Hot Springs. So what's the biggest thing you've learned during your travels of the loneliest road in America? What's the, what's the thing that stood out to you? I just think it's, there's so much cool open spaces. And it, I think Nevada, you think of it as just being all desert, but it is actually a lot more beautiful than you think. You get out there and you see some of these mountain ranges and you see some of these open expanses. And it really is beautiful. I think to me, this is a much more beautiful drive going west to east across the state than maybe going south towards Vegas. Like that drive to me, there's just not much to see and look at. I think it's a little bit more boring. That to me is almost kind of more lonely than this one. I, I think it is so cool to see some of these small towns like Austin and Eureka and Ely and getting to a place like Spencer Hot Springs. You want to talk about a place that would be an awesome spot to camp that's only three hours from Tahoe or from Reno. You get out there, you get your tent, you get your RV or whatever and check out the stars, get some soaking. I mean, that's a spot. Uh, you could definitely check out all year rounds uh, and then come into places like I am right here, this Northern uh, Nevada, Northern railway. Uh, this is so cool. This is one of the most complete rail yards in the country. They've got multiple steam locomotives. Um, this is, is it's a national monument. And so to me, this was a surprise. I knew we were going to kind of a train museum, but I did not understand the scope and the significance kind of in the, the history when it comes to rails and, and trains, and all that kind of stuff. This is definitely kind of a must stop if you're coming through Ely and I can't wait to share this story as well. Exciting times. If you want to follow Alex on his journey through Travel Nevada, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Alex, Alex Margulies. And then also follow us on Nevada Sportsnet as we release one of these features uh, once every week. Alex, how soon are these coming? Yep. yep. So we're going to continue with our regular exploring our backyard through the end of July. And then we've got eight of these. 
So uh, four in August, four in September uh, through this partnership with discoveryournevada.com. And again, this is a great a chance to kind of show you guys what's out there in the state. And as you're making road trips to other places or just want to kind of take a little trip within the state yourself and check out some of these fun spots, uh, definitely a lot of worthy things to see and, and excited to share those with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. Coming up on NSN Daily, we'll have much more Reno Rodeo coverage that you won't want to miss. Stick with us. Welcome back into NSN Daily. We continue with our Reno Rodeo coverage as the rodeo wrapped up this past weekend. Chris, I don't think there is anyone more iconic than the Reno Rodeo announcer and legend, Bob Tallman, who has also been inducted to the Rodeo Hall of Fame last year, having grown up in the city of Reno, what kind of impact does he make on this community? Uh, yeah, it's huge. When I think of the Reno Rodeo and people, I think of two people specifically. I think of Bob Tallman, who's from Winnemucca and has been announcing the Reno Rodeo for more than 40 years. And I think of Guy Clifton, who's been writing about the Reno Rodeo for almost as long. He was a longtime member of the Reno Gazette Journal, uh, wrote for, uh, you know, rodeo for ESPN and just kind of a legend in the field as well. But uh, uh, yeah, being able to catch up with Bob as Shannon Kelly was able to do was really cool just to kind of get his story as a hometown kid from Winnemucca, who now gets to announce the big rodeo in Reno and like you said a Hall of Famer one of the best uh, to ever do broadcasting in his field um, and it was uh, you know really special just to see uh, how much he cares and how much passion he has for this rodeo in specific. Shannon Kelly had a chance to sit down with Bob to discuss how much the biggest little city means to him. Take a listen. If you've been to the Reno Rodeo, then you're familiar with the voices of Bob Tallman and Wayne Brooks. You and I have been together here for 20 plus. Uh, we don't really count those kind of things. We just feel blessed to get to do this. While the duo has been announcing rodeos together for more than 25 years, there's something special about calling the wildest, richest rodeo in the West. My partner, Bob Tom, is the number one representative of the Reno Rodeo because of one thing, pride. And something that either he or I will say nearly every night on the microphone is in the rodeo business, nobody's going to get real rich or famous. But we have a passion. We have a passion for what we do. A passion that has kept the two putting on a unique show every night. We don't write down what we're going to say. Okay, we just take it and run with it live. I know where he leads me. He knows where I lead him. And our deal is to... Uh, make sure we're uh, taking care of the sponsors, paying the bills, and people are having fun. We want them exhausted when they leave here, exhausted. Tallman has been calling rodeos for more than 50 years, and as they keep growing, so does technology. I've got screens, I've got something in my ear, I've got assistance, Wayne's in the arena. We feed off of these big scoreboards. We have an opportunity to be explicit of why a guy roped a cap and how it worked, why he was the best why a guy fell off a bull, got bucked off, or why a guy was 90 points in the bronc ride. Nearly 41 years ago, Tolman said, calling his first Reno rodeo, he was announcing on an 8x10 plywood box hooked onto the bucking chutes. And every time them horses would rattle and go like that, and your papers are rattling, and you're trying not to fall out of the place. And uh, to think about today of the millions of dollars worth of technology that we're able to use, from being live on the Cowboy Channel to the Wrangler Network, there are more eyes on the rodeo than just inside the arena. And it's about more than just calling the action. Every night when I pick up the mic, I say I'm Bob Tallman from Winnemucca, Nevada, proud to be a Humboldt County native. Uh, people cheer, and I'm proud of that. 
So when we mix and mingle our personalities together for this audience, this gives us uh, clout, clarity, and confidence that we're doing the right thing. Out of the you know eight nine thousand people that are here every night, the two biggest rodeo fans is me and my partner Bob Tolman. We're big rodeo fans. Love it, love it. I'd come for free. Don't tell them I said that. Reporting at the Reno Rodeo, I'm Shannon Kelly. One of the best parts about learning about also Bob Tallman is learning about his pop, uh, his partner, Wayne Brooks, and just how much chemistry they have. And absolutely hilarious when you go to the rodeo and you really just get to hear them interact. What are your thoughts on the pair duo and just how much they bring to the rodeo? Yeah, I mean, they bring a lot of fun, uh, but they also bring a lot of education. I don't think everybody who goes up to the Reno Rodeo is a rodeo expert and understands 100% exactly what's going out there. So be able to balance, you know, kind of providing some expertise with just making it an entertaining product and adding some fun, which is what people go out there for. Not as easy as they make it look, and they've been doing it two decades together. So, you know, I'm sure that rapport has been built over the years, but they're, they're the voice of the Reno Rodeo. I mean, when you go out there, you expect to hear those voices. And when Bob Tallman decides to hang it up and you don't hear his voice, uh, there's going to be a big void missing. So he has played a huge part in the Reno Rodeo. And just him being from this state is, is really, really cool. And I'm sure it's really special for him as well, uh, you know, to be able to announce this rodeo in specific. Coming up, summertime means basketball camps galore. We'll have details of what's happening and where after the break. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Summertime means basketball camps during the offseason. And NBA veteran Ennis Cantor held a free basketball camp yesterday for ages 8 to 18 at the Boys and Girls Club. And anybody could come into attendance. You just had to show up. Chris, it was exciting to see all of these kids really get just really worked up and just wanting to be around him and asking him so many questions. And the, the questions he got during the during the camp were hilarious, just about stuff that maybe he wouldn't have answered. And they really had done their research about where are you going next? And can you tell us any secrets of him being a free agent and all? So um, I just, looking at those camps and seeing how much of an impact it makes on, on kids is really exciting. And when you look at players that do that and having a son yourself and having a daughter yourself, um, what do you, what kind of impact do you think that having those camps really like puts on your kids? Well, I mean, they're just famous people. I mean, they're people who you watch on TV. So maybe you don't feel like they're real if you're in that younger demographic, maybe 8, 10, 11, you know. Um, so for them to be able to go out there, see a guy who's almost seven feet tall, see how, you know, gregarious he is, how charismatic he is, how much he just enjoys trying to grow the game of basketball. I think that's, uh, you know, a great experience for these kids who, you know, wouldn't have that opportunity if Ennis Cantor didn't take time out of his busy off-season schedule to just kind of tour the United States and, and give them that touch for a couple of hours. So I thought it was a really cool story and I thought the package you put together was awesome too. Thank you. I had the chance to sit down and talk to some of those bright and smiling faces and Cantor himself as he looked to inspire others. Take a listen. We literally organized 35 basketball camp in, uh, I believe, 30 states. 
10-year NBA veteran Ennis Cantor is giving back, making his way cross-country as he puts on free basketball camps to share his love for the game with those who share the same dreams. I think it's just whenever I do a basketball camp, I, I always have so much fun. You know, we both have, both have fun, I think. And whenever we do, we do a basketball camp, we don't just play basketball. We talk about education. Talk about how important nutrition is, how important to take care of your body, how important to respect your parents and others, how to be a good teammate. So I'm sure you know they're learning a lot and I'm learning a lot. It's not like it was a dream. <laughs> it didn't feel real at all. <laughs> Basically the entire thing. My favorite part was the three on threes. Yeah. I tried to block him, but I was like three feet underneath him. <laughs> um, don't give up on your dreams. That he's very tall, he's a very tall person, but that doesn't mean that just because he's tall doesn't mean we can't beat him. So we gotta have courage. We're happy. Happy, very happy. Yeah. Cantor says it's important to him not just to give back to the city he plays for, but to continue to give back to as many communities as possible. And I think, you know, I always wanted to come here because I was always hearing about it. And there's actually a big Turkish community here. So I wanted to come and visit, visit them also. So today was the day. I literally landed like three hours ago, came here, played basketball with this, uh, with this uh, kids, and uh, we had so much fun. The funniest part about the entire camp was that every time everybody asked, who's your favorite player, they would name somebody else. And partially because I feel like Reno is kind of a melting pot when it comes to certain NBA teams. You have a lot of Warrior fans, but Laker fans and just all uh, different different teams across the board. But seeing their faces and just seeing how much it meant to them was really a cool feeling. Yeah, like we said, I mean, you don't get this experience very often. We've been lucky enough in this area to have some NBA players grow up and go off to the NBA and then come back and do camps. Luke Babbage, Jimmer Fredette's been here before. Armand Johnson, who's currently a head coach at McQueen High School. So, uh, you know, it hasn't been unprecedented. But for somebody who doesn't really have much of a connection to Northern Nevada, just to come out, he said, what, he's done like 35 camps in 30 states. That's just a really cool thing because, you know, not a lot of people from Northern Nevada maybe have the ambition to go play at the NBA, but just to see an NBA player, uh, you know, and, and the, all the other things that he said that, you know, they were teaching with the camp with respect and uh, nutrition and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it seemed like the kids had a, a ball. I mean, they maybe they were just super excited to be on television with you, um, but they seemed like they had a super enjoyable time in the, those two hours. And, you know, they'll take something really positive away from that. And I'm sure the parents who dropped them off for a couple hours had, a, you know, a little bit of sanity, uh, you know, having somebody else watch their kid for a little while. Definitely. Another cool element that reason why he wanted to come here was he learned that Reno has a big Turkish community, which I had no idea about. And he talked about how um, Turkish community was going to put on a dinner for him yesterday after the camp. And I asked him what the, the secret meal was that he was having. And he said, he couldn't tell us. You just had to Google Turkish meals. So if anybody wants to tell us, that would be great. <laughs> but um, I enjoyed getting to learn more about him and and just to how much appreciation also he has for his teammates and Dame and, and just all of the guys that, and, you know, Russell Westbrook, who he's got to learn from. And so with free agency, Chris coming about and him being a free agent, where do you see him landing? I mean, he's a quality big man. He's always kind of been ribbed for his defensive ability, but the guy can put the ball on the bucket and he can rebound and he's got good size. So uh, he's been in the league 10 years. I would not be surprised if he's in it for another five or six years. He's going to land a spot. He is pretty well traveled. I think six teams in his career so far. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure of a specific team, but he can definitely be a contributor to a team that's in the playoffs and pushing for a championship offensively. Now, can he, you know, improve enough defensively to kind of be in a rotation for a team like that? That's always been the big 
question, but he's definitely a talented offensive player. He reminds me a little bit of JaVale McGee. And so with that Reno tie and having him be a big man and kind of transferring or being on multiple different teams and seeing him um, just flourish in his role. But switching over to another camp that is put on in the Reno community um, every year is Galena High graduate Tristan Hill's Blue Chip Basketball Camp. And Chris, you learned some news yesterday that this camp will not be going forward. Yeah, the organization made an announcement that they won't be holding the camp anymore. Uh, Tristan started that in 2015. He was from the area. He won a state championship with Galena High alongside Luke Babbitt. So Luke and Armand would come and do camp with him. Tristan very tragically died in 2018 in a helicopter crash in New York City, but the family had carried on the camp. Obviously, last year they couldn't do it because of the pandemic and just logistically they won't be able to do it moving forward. So, uh, you know, Tristan Hill touched a lot of people in this community. Uh, he was as, you know, optimistic and uh, charismatic as a guy that you'll ever meet. So he's certainly still missed and those camps were really, really great times. I know he put so much of his heart and soul into doing those camps and it is a very difficult lift to be able to do something like that and have it well organized so um, that won't be held anymore but that won't you know diminish in any way the kind of impact that Tristan had on this community and the kids who were able to go to his camps over the years and meet some of these NBA players that we've talked about. Awesome coming up Wolfpack Athlete of the Year we're narrowing down that final eight stick with us. Welcome back into NSN Daily. We continue our search for Wolfpack Athlete of the Year. Yesterday, we had baseball's Tyler Bassetti against Dylan Shrum, and Tyler Bassetti won. And uh, I'm a little bit surprised because I thought Dylan Shrum was going to take it, but I'm excited to see that Bassetti came out on top. But today, we have another close matchup as it's going to be Grant Sherfield against football's Romeo Dubs. Chris, this one is going to be a close one. This is a difficult one. Like, there's no wrong answer to this one. Both of these guys were tremendous stars for their specific teams. Grant Sherfield was one of the best point guards in the nation. Romeo Doves is one of the best wide receivers in the nation. So it's not going to be an easy vote. They both play prominent sports with basketball and football. Uh, Grant is winning a little bit right now. It's about 55 to 45. Uh, there's already been 115 votes. And I think I put it up like 35 minutes ago. So, uh, you know, it's going pretty quick. We'll, we'll see who ends up on top. I think Grant's going to get the edge. I feel like there's a little bit more passion in the Wolfpack men's basketball fan base than there is in the Wolfpack football fan base. But uh, the winner advances to play uh, Nicola Adair. And then on the other side, as you mentioned, Tyler Bosetti advanced to play Carson Strong. So we have three of our final four finalists and uh, we'll have our final matchup on Friday. So we'll have this all wrapped up by the end of the week. But uh, yeah, this is this is a good one. I mean, Grant was tremendous, uh, you know, a guy who had three game winning shots late in the shot clock. Uh, and then Romeo, I mean, the way he started last season, it, it seemed like he was going to score like 20 touchdowns in 10 games because he was just running behind every single defense. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be really exciting for both these guys coming back for another year. And I, part of the reason everyone's so excited about this season uh, for Nevada athletics is because both of these guys return and both their teams could be in the top 25 by the end of the season. My guess is that whoever wins today makes it to the final. So that's my prediction. I, I mean, people love Nikola. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, it kind of depends on like if somebody starts like a social media push for them. Like Tyler Bosetti's family was pushing him and his uh, alma mater in high school got the tweet and sent that out and said vote for our guy. So sometimes, you know, if you kind of create a, a coalition behind you, you can, you can get some good votes and push things. But yeah, I think it will be fun. I think the last few matchups are going to be really close. This one is really close right now. And, uh, you know, I have a feeling Carson Strong wins this, but I don't know, like Tyler Bosetti's gang came out uh, really strong uh, yesterday. So maybe he, uh, 
he, he, he ends up uh, as our victor, but that's why we put it in the hands of the voters to see what they think. It's pretty exciting. I'm excited to see who finishes out um, on top. Carson Strong, I, you know, with, like you said, Tyler Bassetti's um, group really rallying for him. Who's to, who's to say that um, he can't finish in the number one Wolfpack Athlete of the Year? But if you want to take part and vote, be sure to go to NevadaSportsNet.com or follow us on Twitter or Chris Murray on Twitter and make sure you vote daily as we unveil one matchup each and every day. Coming up, the Reno Aces are on fire. We'll tell you why after the break. The following segment is sponsored by Renown. Welcome back into NSN Daily. The Reno Aces are on a hot streak as they're the first team in franchise history and the first team in the AAA West to reach 30 wins um, the fastest. Chris, you've been here and you've seen the Reno Aces really evolve. What do you think of this team? It's a really good hitting team. I mean, that's where it starts with this squad. They've scored 364 runs this season. That's the most in the AAA. And like you said, this is the fastest team to 30 wins in franchise history, which dates back more than a decade. The 2017 team started 30 and 19. This year's team is 30 and 17 under first year coach Blake Lally. So he's done a tremendous job. They've lost a number of players up to the big league level, but they continue to pound away. And, uh, you know, they had a 6-5 victory over Sacramento yesterday to hit that 30-win barrier. There's obviously a long way to go, but this is a franchise that's won a AAA championship before. So this is a team that's had a lot of really, really good programs come through it, um, but this is the best start that the franchise has ever seen. So we'll see if they'll be able to continue it and maybe go out there and win a AAA championship like the team did in 2012 but a great start for Blake Lally in his first campaign with the Aces. The Aces are going to cap their six game series in Sacramento tonight. Chris do you think that there's a rivalry maybe between the Sacramento team? Oh for sure I mean they even like will snipe at each other over social media you go back a couple of years ago and they were saying uh, look who's higher in the standings at each other and it was playful but I think there is definitely a rivalry between these two uh, AAA franchises you know there's always going to be something with Vegas when you are in Reno and the Vegas Aviators are a rival but Sacramento is about half the distance as Vegas so I think there's always going to be a little something between these two clubs and Sacramento has scored a couple of wins over the Aces so far this week but we'll see who gets the rubber match in tonight's game which starts at uh, 7.05 p.m. over there at Rayleigh Field. After they finish tonight's game, then they will head to Tacoma for six games. Chris, even though before we leave, the Diamondbacks are in last place right now, I'm hoping that maybe we could see some of the prospects that we're seeing here at the AAA level really get that shot um, up at the big, uh, under the big lights and being on that major team. But thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us um, and hang with us today. And we hope that you continue to tune in to NSN Daily. We'll be back here tomorrow with much more content on your favorite athletes. We'll see you next time.